This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat. Thank you so much for being here this Thursday, August 26th. We've got a fantastic show coming up for you. Uh, we're kicking things off with a conversation we posed on social media uh, yesterday. Uh, when, when loved ones, friends, family are going through a breakup, how do you choose which side to take? It's a tricky conversation, but we're going to have it. We've also got another round of Am I the A-Hole coming up this hour. Uh, a bridezilla at it again, uh, but this time one of her former bridesmaids is actually taking her to small claims court. You have to hear the story to believe it, uh, so stick around for that. But first, it is time for News on the Beat. Michaela, what's happening around the world? Well, there is a lot going on. Good morning. U.S. diplomats in Kabul warned American citizens early this morning to immediately leave several gates into the airport following what one U.S. official called a very specific threat stream from a branch of ISIS. The U.S. believes ISIS-K, a sworn enemy of the Taliban, wants to sow mayhem at the airport and is capable of carrying out attacks. The Taliban's new rule in Afghanistan has raised fears of a revival of al-Qaeda, ISIS, and other terrorist entities. In a February deal with the U.S., the Taliban pledged to prevent al-Qaeda and other terror groups from using Afghan soil. Though the Taliban has so far kept such terrorist entities at bay, U.S. officials worry now that the U.S. is on its way out. There is less incentive for such efforts. The dissolution of U.S. intelligence on the ground in Afghanistan makes this possibility even more grave. It's just so devastating. I feel so horrible uh, for all the, the babies. All right, another news. Moderna has completed its submission to the FDA for full approval of its COVID-19 vaccine for people 18 and older. Meanwhile, Pfizer and Biotech <clears throat> have begun... Uh, have begun submitting data for full approval of a third booster dose of their vaccine. As expected, full FDA approval of the two-dose Pfizer vaccine is leading to more mandates. The Pentagon is requiring all U.S. military service members to get fully vaccinated against COVID-19 immediately. Disney World also reached a deal with two employees, uh, unions, to require vaccinations among applicable staff. In a worrying turn, some people have been ingesting uh, a drug used to deworm livestock as a treatment for COVID-19. Some hospitals and poison control centers have seen an uptick in such cases as some Republican elected officials and conservative media figures irresponsibly tout the drug. All right, let's get into a little bit of uh, gay news. This story is really disturbing. Gregory Smith, a failed Mormon politician in North Ogden, Utah, has been heavily criticized 
for posting a message that seems to encourage violence against LGBTQ students. Smith was referring to a speech made by a church leader that called on Mormons to defend marriage against same couples. Smith, a former candidate for the North Ogden City Council, retweeted a message from Natalie Klein, a far-right anti-LGBTQ conservative state school board member. Klein posted an image of a progressive pride flag displayed during a new student orientation at Leighton High Seminary, a youth seminary under the Mormon Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The seminary's display read, if you are LGBTQIA+, welcome to seminary. Time to make some phone calls. The world is too much with this. Time to get our muskets. Smith did quickly denounce uh, the tweet, and he was denounced by Equality Utah. Um, And he has since deleted the tweet, but people are asking for him to fully resign. I think he should too. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. Summer's here, and it's queer, and it's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 90 in L.A., 108 in Vegas, 113 in Palm Springs, 90 in Houston, 72 in San Francisco, 88 in Atlanta, and 86 in Buffalo. Now, if you happen to pass McDonald's today, stop by. Get a frozen Coca-Cola for just $1.50. Now, give us a vibe of the day. May your troubles be less and your blessings be more. Yeah, I love that. Well, here's a blessing. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga's jazz and piano uh, Las Vegas residency returns to the Park MGM this October 14th through the 31st. And Channel Q is going to send you. Just go to weirdchannelq.com for your chance to win two tickets to the show, a stay at the Park MGM Hotel, round-trip airfare for two, plus 500 in spending cash. Don't miss Lady Gaga's jazz and piano residency shows live in Las Vegas. Tickets go on sale Saturday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com and just head over to WeArChannelQ.com for your chance to win. Now coming up, how do you decide whose side to take in a breakup? The conversation is tricky, but we're having it and want you to join us coming up next. All right, so do you remember the show Flip or Flop? Do you ever watch that on HGTV? Yeah. With Tarek and uh, Christina. Uh, they ended up, uh, they were together. They were a married couple. They would flip houses and they were cute and adorable. This was like before... Uh, Fixer Upper, Chip and Joanna sort of blew up. Yes. They were like the first like married couple to kind of be doing, not the first, but the most recent successful couple. Well, they did divorce uh, back in 2018, but they're still working together. Uh, and he actually has an upcoming <clears throat> spinoff called Flipping 101, right? So they're doing well. How they're able to work together is beyond me, especially flipping houses. You've seen your partner, Lisa, flip a home. It's stressful. Yes. It's a lot of work. So much. They're doing enough homes every year to make an entire series, an entire season out of this. It's a lot. Apparently, though, there's a report coming out uh, via TMZ that uh, – is it Tark? Tark or Tarek? Tark. 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 Tark freaked out on Christina one day on set, went off on her. Uh, sort of screaming at her, uh, compared her to his new fiance Heather Ray Young, who is from Selling Sunset over on Netflix. She's adorable. They're season three, I believe. Yes. Uh, they got three seasons so far. He went off on her uh, and even called her a loser, uh, a washed-up loser. Oh my god! This is the mother of his two children, by the way. And I so, feel like "loser" is just such an ugly word. It is a gross to word. call somebody. It's a gross word. And he even took this so far as to request uh, that HGTV. Fire every single person on Flipping 101, his new spinoff show, that was present the day that he freaked out on his mm-hmm. ex-wife on Flip or Flop because 
He doesn't want any of those people that witnessed his outburst to be on his new show because there's already been leaks about his outburst. And he doesn't trust anybody, so he wants to fire literally every single person. Yeah, but that's such an annoying thing. Like, just take responsibility for blowing up. Don't fire people because you're embarrassed that you don't know how to control your temper. Talk to your crew, a-hole. Say, hey, sorry you saw that. Divorce is ugly. It's it's complicated raising children together, and I just lost it, and I was totally out of line. That's yeah. what you do. It makes me wonder, though, when it comes to breakups, divorces, relationships ending, where do you stand? If you, and Lisa, if you and Lisa are friends with another couple, and the couple splits, how do you know whose side to take? Do you take a side? Do you try to stay out of it? Do you naturally gravitate towards one person or the other? I mean, I think that you try to not take sides. I think that whatever happens between the couple has nothing to do with you. I think naturally you take sides depending on how the breakup happens. If it's a very like mutual breakup, I think it's very easy. But in this case, I would not stay friends with him or stay on his side. I think the way that he spoke about his ex-wife and mother of his children says a lot about him. I think mm-hmm. firing an entire crew because you don't know how to control yourself um, just shows that he's not somebody I'd want to be around. Okay, Emil and I break up tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Me? Wow. Well, we've known each other longer. I love. Okay, that's it? That's the determining factor? Well, no, we're all so close. I mean, I feel like... So what if you and Lisa split, and this is so horrible, this is the worst energy put out into the world. I'm just doing this for the sake of radio, Michaela. You and Lisa split. You find out a month from now, Lisa and I are having lunch. How does that make you feel? Well, it would depend on the breakup. Okay, okay. Like, if she cheated on me, I'd be like, don't you ever. (laughs) Yeah. But if we were, like, mutual. Listen, honey, you know I went through this one time, and I was in a relationship for four years, and he was cheating on me with our best best friend, um, and... I didn't know, and I found out years later, years, and I knew that a lot of our friends sort of were trying not to take sides, and I, I sort of believed them, right? And I found out years later that a couple of them were like literally making fun of me behind my back being friends with this person, like taking it so far as to like just dog me the whole time. And I thought I was taking the high road. I thought I was Michelle Obama in that. I thought I was like, they go low, we go high. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still be kind even though this person broke my heart, and it's tricky, but I will tell you that those two kids are not benefiting from their parents fighting like this so publicly no, at all. No, uh, I went through a divorce at that age, and I remember my dad used to always say to me, he used to always, his argument was, you'll understand someday. You'll understand. You'll see your mom. You'll understand who she is someday. So it's... And that's so damaging because... I, I the, My parents used to talk so much crap mm-hmm. about each other to me, Yep, and it's... Awful. My mom never really talked poorly about my dad other than the fact that she was just disappointed in him being like a not a very present father for us. Um, and that always felt real and accurate. But my, my dad would trash my mom and my stepdad all the time. And the funny thing is I'm 41 now and that day that he always talked about, it's here. And I still see my mom. She's still awesome. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. And my dad has sort of mellowed out. Um, Justin, I, okay, Justin, I want to explain to you guys something. Our producer, Justin, he has a whiteboard. Uh, he writes things on it feverishly all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes he holds them up when he can read them. We can't read his writing. Best case scenario, we can read his writing. Uh, no idea. Horror house? He's trying to talk about when you oh, went story. home and said okay. your horror house. So he held up a sign for me to tell a story that he's heard before, but he held it up behind his microphone, and I couldn't read it at all the first time, Justin. So here we are. So. I used to go to my dad's on the weekends, every other weekend. And I would come home. And I remember one time I came home. My mom said, how was your weekend at your dad's? And I said, 
it was a horror house. And she goes, wait, what? I go, it was a horror house. She goes, huh? I go, mom, it's a house of horrors. She goes, wait, what? Your your dad's, it was a what? A whorehouse? I'm like, yeah. Your dad had a whorehouse. Mm. And I'm like, sure. I didn't know the difference. I thought I was saying horror. She thought I was saying whore. Am I allowed to say that word? Yeah. Either way, right. I, it was being said. And my mom was terrified for us. Yes, but then we but just that, realized it was. And then two weeks later, she let horror. us go back. Okay. So, mm-hmm. And it was a blast. It was, yeah. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. I love this for oh, you. Red lights in the windows. It was great. <laughs> Roxanne. <laughs> All right. Coming up, am I the a-hole? This tale of a bride and her bridesmaid turned so sour. She's going to court. We spill the tea next. So as we inch closer and closer to my wedding in June... Um, I'm getting a little more anxious because our producer keeps finding segments for Am I the A-Hole, which we're doing right now, that have to do with brides and bridezillas, and I'm wondering if he's trying to tell me something. How do you think I feel? I'm getting married <laughs> in October. Justin, please. 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 Not my. It's going to be like my big gay wedding. Let's be honest. It's a big straight wedding. Ish. Okay, so here's, here's the latest one. Ready? So, this bridesmaid... Uh, was part of a, a bridal party, obviously, uh, coming up, and uh, she'd been asked back in 2019 uh, by her friend to be in her bridal party, right? Mm-hmm. And the bride had very, very specific rules, guidelines on what she expected from her bridal party. Uh, she said that uh, everybody's expected to have, uh, it's a three-day wedding, by the way, uh, and everybody's expected to buy three different dresses, pay for their own alterations, and specific shoes, for all three days. Okay. Totaling just over $700. First of all, that's a deal. For three dresses and three shoes and three alterations. But that's, whatever, that's still a lot of money. Um, she also wanted very specific hairstyles for every single day, which they were expected to pay for. She has a vision for her for her wedding. The girls have to pay for their hair? Yes. Everything. But she wants them to change every day? Yes. So they have to have their hair at a certain length, which is why she asked them so far in advance so they could all have long enough hair to get the same looks the three different looks that match the other bridesmaids all three days. It already sounds like a lot of work. So, about a couple of weeks before the wedding, uh, one of her bridesmaids reached out and asked her to come over. She says, "Um, listen, I'm going through some health stuff. I had to cut my hair, right? And she initially, the bride is like, okay, cool. And then she comes back over to her place the next day and she says, I've been thinking about it a lot and while basically um, I'm sympathetic for your, your concerns, for your, your health, this woman's hair was falling out, by the way. She started losing her hair in March. Mm-hmm. And in May, she reached out to the bride and said, I had to cut my hair because it's falling out in chunks. Yeah. I have a disorder. <clears throat> right. Right. And it doesn't look good long. I can't keep it long. I have to shorten it. Well, the bride says, while I'm cons- I, I understand your concerns and your, men- and your, your, your physical health, whatever, um, I was very clear. And you should have told me this long, long ago. And this is not acceptable. I cannot have you in my wedding party. We spent a lot of money planning the perfect wedding, the perfect vision. We want everything to look a certain way. And that is not acceptable. Right? So then the uh, the ex-bridesmaid then, uh, oh, and she said, please step down from participating in my wedding. She asked her to get out of her wedding. Oh. Right. This person who's going through a health crisis right now. Right. She says, get out of my wedding. Because she had a vision. So then the ex-bridesmaid, now ex-bridesmaid with the haircut, uh, has decided to take it a step further uh, and sent the couple an invoice for all the money she'd spent on the wedding before she was kicked out. Amen. Over $700. Never heard back from them. 
So she's taking them to court. Good. Small claims court. Listen. Okay, to so me. who's the a hole? Mm-hmm. I, I think I know. I, I think the bride is such an a hole. I think that I watch these stories of Bridezilla, like on Bridezilla. I used to actually love that show. And here's what I think happens. Women and men, everybody wants to feel very special. And on the day of the wedding and when you're the bride, you finally get to be this princess, something that we've been taught to like look forward to our entire lives. We get to be the princesses. It's the one day everyone has to cater to the us. The world revolves around you that uh-huh, day. Because you don't have a life like that at all. It's, so. it's like it's like my mother-in-law when she goes to Red Lobster. Trust me, she that's, she thinks she's the bride there that day. Oh, great. great. <laughs> she's wonderful, but she loves to be catered to. Well, so do these brides. And I think what happens is they go in with these like quote unquote visions of like the perfect wedding and they're unrealistic. And I think it's so unfair that the bridesmaid who's already spent the money, she has a health, her hair's falling out. What'd you want her to do? And you didn't want to suggest, hey, maybe you could wear a wig. Like there was no suggestion of like anything else. You just want to kick her out of the wedding. Yeah, they owe her the money. I would say to this, to the bridesmaid, to the ex-bridesmaid, my advice would be, because I filed a small claims uh, one time years ago against a roommate who moved out and did not pay, owed me like $1,000 or whatever. I filed in small claims court because I was just mad. And then it's a whole process. It takes a lot of time and it's not worth your time. It's not worth your spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Especially 700 bucks. It's a lot of money, but you're, you're like, I think that your health is more important. So I think drop the case. However, you're definitely not the a-hole. The bride is the a-hole. I don't understand because you know me. I'm a pretty type A personality. I like things to be a certain way. I'm a bit of a control freak. Like, and I've never once, like, I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't care, but I'm not stressed out about this wedding. I'm not stressed out about my own wedding. I don't care what the flowers look like as yeah. long as they're not colorful. I just <clears> want them to be white. Um, I don't really care what our bridesmaids wear as long as they look nice. I told you earlier that, um, that, or the other day, I said that my friend Elena was asking, she's like, she's my maid of honor. And I've been friends with her since I was a child. And she's like, oh, what do I need to do? I've never been a maid of honor. Do I need to plan like a, a bachelor party or something? I'm like, I don't really know. You don't really have to do anything. It's fine. Um, we might do a Vegas weekend. If you can make it, that's cool. If not, that's cool too. And yeah. I, I genuinely mean that. And I was like, and Michaela's from Vegas. So I'll just like put you guys in touch and she can help you like whatever, figure it out. <laughs> but if you want to give a toast at our wedding, that would be nice. Yeah. But you also don't have to. You I know, love that. I think it just I'm, takes off the pressure yes. of for you, for you. Yes. You know, it's like when I do gigs. When I when I did gigs a long time ago, I'd freak out about the dress, about the song choice, about the band, about everybody. Did they know what was going on? Bah, 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 bah. And then by the time I got on stage, I was so exhausted from like the well, stress it of it all. It takes away from your performance. They're it takes not stressed away out. From the fun. You are. Yes. We went to a wedding a few years ago, friends of ours that got married in this very, very bougie, fancy wedding down in San Diego. And 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 it was a gorgeous wedding. It was beautiful. And we were announcing the wedding party. Emil and I were. So like, you guys are fun. You guys so get, get on the mic and make it fun and yeah. whatever. And as we were waiting to go announce it, the couple who had just been married 30 minutes prior were screaming at each other. having a hu- And the bride was going off. And she's one of my best friends. Oh, my God. She was God. going off. What was I don't she think, right? I don't think she knows. No, of course not. She was losing her mind. He was just there to like love her and marry her, and she wanted it to be this perfect thing, mm-hmm. you know. And and that's not fun to me. No, it's not fun. So stop being a bridezilla. Yeah, okay. Well, the bride's the a hole here. Of course. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening Nerds. today's episode is sponsored by nerd wallet smart money podcast get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds nerd wallets experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights no financial misinformation allowed learn how to save on your summer vacation find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Agreed. You're listening to the Morning Beat. It's almost time for what's popping. But before I let my co-host Michaela, wow, that's accurate, Michaela Gordon take over, I do want to tell you that our show is also a podcast. So if you can't listen to us in real time, maybe your schedule varies day to day, we got you covered. Uh, Download the Odyssey app at audacy.com and you can listen to our show wherever you take your iPhone, your Android, or whatever your mobile device might be. Um, Also, while you're at it, we'd really appreciate it if you invited a friend or family member uh, to join and listen into our show as well. We always appreciate the support. Uh, Michaela Gordon, what's poppin'? All right, so during an overnight shoot in Boston for Marvel's Black Panther at Wakanda Forever, sources are telling Deadline that Letitia Wright suffered minor injuries due to an incident with a stunt rig. Letitia Wright sustained minor injuries today while filming, but she'll be okay. She's receiving care in a local hospital, one spokesperson said just yesterday. However, the incident, uh, although was minor, it will thankfully also not have an impact on the film's shooting schedule. While the incident took place in Boston, the primary shoot has been going on in Atlanta going back to the end of June. Uh, Wright is reprising her role as Shuri along with other uh, uh, original people from the cast. And uh, Ryan Coogler will be returning as director. The film has a July 8th, 2022 release date. So all is well. I'll tell you what, though. When I was a uh, co-star on the unit on CBS, there was this scene where they were like at war and I had to pretend like I was hiding and I got hit in the head with one of the guns on accident and my head just started profusely bleeding and I was like, let it go, let it go. It's just good. It's part of the scene. And then I had to get three stitches, but I was like, I'm going to keep going. I mean, injuries happen, especially during stunts. So we're happy that she's recovering. She's okay. And uh, all is good. Now coming up, Uh, In the next hour, could country music be a new safe haven for the LGBTQ community? Times are changing, and we're, like, totally here for it. Coming up next. All right, welcome back to The Morning Beat. We've got a great hour ahead. Uh, Coming up uh, in about 15 minutes from right now, uh, we've seen what Lil Nas X is single-handedly doing to the world of hip-hop. It's incredible stuff, but... 
Could country music be an LGBTQ safe space? Uh, some really interesting stuff happening in the world of country music. I know, Michaela, you have a personal connection to this story as well, uh, as do I. Got a lot of good friends uh, in the country world. It's a very different environment than it was 10, 15 years ago. Uh, and we're, we're going to shine some light on some really cool stuff, I mean, uh, stuff happening in the world of country. Uh, but first, uh, news on the beat. All right, well, let's talk. So search and rescue efforts have been suspended in Tennessee following a weekend of destructive floods that claimed 20 lives. Now it's up to the National Guard and the State Transportation Department to begin massive cleanup efforts. In the West, the region around Lake Tahoe in California and Reno, Nevada, is experiencing the worst air quality in the country by far as several large wildfires burn nearby. The air quality index, an indicator of how unhealthy the air is, spiked to 694 in Tahoe City on Monday. An AQI between 300 and 500 is considered a health warning of emergency conditions, as if that weren't enough. More hurricane activity could happen around the Gulf of Mexico soon. The National Hurricane Center gives the Gulf area an 80% chance of tropical system developing in the next few days. Now, in other news, Gregory Smith, a failed Mormon politician in North Ogden, Utah, has been heavily criticized for posting a message that seems to encourage violence against LGBTQ students. Smith was referring to a speech speech made by a church leader that called on Mormons to defend marriage against same-sex couples. Smith, a former candidate for the North Ogden City Council, retweeted a message from Natalie Klein, a far-right anti-LGBTQ conservative state school board member. Klein posted an image of a progressive pride flag displayed during a new student orientation at Leighton High Seminary, a youth seminary under the Mormon Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. The seminary's display read, If you are LGBTQIA+, welcome to seminary. Klein posted the image and wrote, Time to make some phone calls. The world is too much with us. Smith later retweeted her message and wrote, Time to get our muskets. Smith's tweet was quickly denounced by Equality Utah, the state's largest LGBTQ advocacy organization. They also wrote, Words matter. Last week, a newlywed lesbian couple, Crystal Michelle Turner and Kylan Carol Schultz, were brutally murdered at a campsite. Five years ago, 49 LGBTQ people were murdered at the Pulse nightclub in Florida. Around the world, transgender women are regularly targeted by brutal and horrific violence. Reckless rhetoric often precedes acts of violence. Smith himself did delete his account and said that he wasn't calling for violence against LGBTQ people. Good Lord. All right. Another news. Moderna has completed its submission to the FDA for full approval of its COVID-19 vaccine for people 18 and older. Meanwhile, Pfizer has begun submitting data for full approval of a third booster dose of their vaccine. As expected, full FDA approval of the two-dose Pfizer vaccine is leading to more mandates. The Pentagon is requiring all U.S. military service members to get fully vaccinated against COVID-19 immediately. Disney World also reached a deal with two employees' unions to require vaccinations among applicable staff. In a worrying turn, some people have been ingesting a drug used to deworm livestock as a treatment for COVID-19. Some hospitals and poison control centers have seen an uptick in such cases as some Republican elected officials and conservative media figures irresponsibly tout the drug. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. Summer's here. It's queer and it's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 81 in Baltimore, 79 in Buffalo, 82 in Chicago, 86 in Cleveland, 
a high of 93 in St. Louis, and 115 in Cathedral City. Now, if you happen to see a McDonald's, stop by and grab a frozen Coca-Cola drink for just $1.50. Totally delicious. Now, give us a vibe of the day. May your troubles be less and your blessings be more. I love that. Well, here's a blessing. Lady Gaga, and she's coming to Vegas. Lady Gaga's Jazz and Piano Las Vegas residency returns to the Park MGM this October 14th through the 31st. And Channel Q is going to send you. Just go to WeirdChannelQ.com for your chance to win two tickets to the show, a stay at the Park MGM Hotel, round-trip airfare for two, plus 500 in spending cash. Don't miss Lady Gaga's Jazz and Piano residency shows live in Las Vegas. Tickets go on sale Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific at Ticketmaster.com. Head on over to WeirdChannelQ.com for your chance to win. Now, coming up this hour, could country music be a new safe haven for the LGBTQ community? Times are changing, and we're here for it. Coming up next. I got the horses in the back. Something really fascinating has been happening in the world of music uh, these last couple of years. Uh, and it's happening in a broad cross-section of, of industries and, and musical genres that aren't normally uh, considered safe spaces for our community. Obviously, this sort of crossover with Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus became the biggest hit of all time at the time. Uh, Lil Nas X has since come out as a, as a gay man who uh, has been just shocking audiences with his music recently and also just killing the charts and, and, and slaying, right? Um, another person who did this uh, came out back in February. Mm-hmm. We're talking about TJ Osborne of Brothers Osborne. Uh, and it was an interesting week in February because it was the same week, uh, just a couple of days prior to his coming out as a gay man in his mid to late 30s. I think he was 36 at the time. Uh, Morgan Wallen had been caught on tape uh, using the N word, which is sort of, sort of in some ways goes with what we perceive country music to be already. Sort of racist, pretty white presenting. Yeah. A little bit like. American flags and freedom and military and guns and horses and pickup trucks, right? Which is sort of what country music has been to a lot of people for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to see country and hip-hop changing so rapidly right now. And it's it's opening doors. You know, TJ Osborne, I've interviewed him many times. Uh, He and his brother are incredible. They're the nicest guys in the world. I sat next to him at the Academy of Country Music Awards uh, a couple years back. And I got to work that red carpet. And I'll tell you, going into that experience, I was nervous because I didn't know how people were going to receive me. I was working with like Dustin Lynch and, and Chase Bryant and a lot of other – Lindsey L. And I didn't know if I was going to be comfortable there. And I found out very quickly. They're like, first of all, Nashville is a lot more liberal than you think. Yeah. It's a lot more liberal mm-hmm. than it was 10 years ago. And also – There are a lot of gay guys and gay gals in country that you just don't know about yet. I will say to your point, though, I did Gone Country with John Rich from Big and Rich. Yeah. What what year? That was in 08, 09. Mm -hmm. And I did the show and I loved Nashville and I wanted to do like Southern rock. Like I wanted it to be not straight country. I wanted it to be like. You know, sure, gritty. Of course. And I really felt like that would be something I wanted to do. And I'm a you know, obviously Italian. Um, but I was like, 
I just did it. It just would have never fit at that time. Italian, Jewish, Catholic, lesbian. lesbian. Let's be clear. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. Was not. For a, country, especially at the time. Yeah. And I can't even explain to you how devastated I was because I really felt. And if you listen even to like my single Honey, it's very influenced by like sort of that. You have you rock have a, and roll. Yeah, you have some Jesse James Decker vibes to you. Like she's kind of that country rock, yeah. sort of like sexy sex kitten vibe. Yeah, she mm-hmm. is. But you know, it what that was not the thing. Not back then. And especially competing against Carrie Underwood, there was no room for me oh, there. No, she was America's sweetheart. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see how they're like really molding together now. Well, I love. I just love what's happening in the music industry right now. TJ was actually on uh, CBS this morning talking to Gail King just recently about uh, sort of the unexpected. Um, reaction he's had. My life has changed in a lot of ways, and and I've been talking about this in the shows. I think um, I didn't realize kind of what a sense of purpose it would bring to my life to yeah. to be here. Um, I didn't realize how much it would resonate with some people, and to think about that, especially I wasn't really thinking about the parents of children who are queer or whatever they are, and how that would really help them to be able to help their relationship. That was something that never dawned yeah. on me. And that's the thing. Like, listen. He's he's later in his career. He's in his late 30s now. Lil Nas X is at the very beginning of his career. And they might speak to different audiences in different ways, you know? Because a lot of these kids who are listening to Brothers Osborne, they might have parents who also listen to Brothers Osborne. My friends back home listen to them. And a lot of them have kids who are, you know, some of them are in college now. I'm 41 years old. Some people had babies right out of high school and yep. their kids are in high school and college now. Yeah. So that's two generations right there. And so what he says is really interesting because I think Lil Nas X, most of his huge, like big, big fan base, they're probably teenagers, people in their 20s. We love we love Lil Nas X. Love. But he's not like changing my life, you know, in the same way that maybe he would have had I been 16 years old. I will say this, though. He's not changing my life, but he is bringing to light um, what it looks like to just live very bold. Yes. And I think for me as a singer, who I show up as on stage yep. is often influenced by what's going on in pop culture and knowing what's cool and acceptable. And I and I would like to say this, actually. I sang for an audience this week. I sang for two audiences. But one was very, like, privileged and white and kind of, you know, basic. And... Um, the confidence that I had singing in front of them was very different than it would have been five years ago, just based off of where we're at pop culturally, where I feel like tattoos and being a lesbian and doing all these things is much cooler than it was just a few years ago. And I think a lot of that is influenced by artists like Little Nas. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, listen, there are other artists like Casey Musgraves has become like a LGBTQ icon. Oh my God. Did you see the trailer for her new song? No. Stars crossed. Goodbye. Well, I'll tell you though, Casey. When a lot of people don't know this about Casey's been writing for the like the, the artists that you've been listening to for over a decade. Mm. Like she's been writing some of the biggest, biggest hits. And that's the thing: you don't know where this music's actually coming from. Yes. You don't know. Like you might actually be supporting queer artists left and right, and they might be a part of your daily life, and you have no idea. Yes. You might be the biggest country fan in the entire world, or the biggest hip hop fan in the entire world, and the people that are putting out the music that you're buying might actually be from our community. Yeah. So it, it, it's 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 high time that we actually understand that, accept it, and continue to celebrate this. Um, is her new song? It's just beautiful. It's, uh, uh, okay, but the video trailer. I have to say this. We can talk more about it. Um, what she's tapping into. You know, she recently got divorced, mm-hmm. and she in this video 
it's it's iconic. It's a film. It's a three-part film mm. for this song. And it goes from watching her crying as she's uh, no longer a bride. And um, she's got the average fashion blogger in it. It's very humorous. Oh, we love her. We yeah. love her. But it's incredible. I think Casey Musgraves is going to take a lot of awards this year. It's She's phenomenal. Um, but I, I'm, I'm happy for this. Yeah, I'm happy it's, it's, for all it's this. It's change that we need. Yes, it, it is. You know, when I was a kid, I mean, I used to dream about, you know, Joey McIntyre, and I was like, I wish he was gay. Or like Jordan Knight. Yeah. The new kids on the block or whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? And Lance Bass coming out was a huge deal, you know, but it was, he kind of came out later after he was sort of in his prime, and that was a big deal. But to have these artists who are literally top-selling artists currently right now, it's incredible. It's a different ball game. All right, well, coming up, James Bond has made a controversial statement in regards to his children and their inheritance, and we'll discuss coming up next. It's been a after investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Come on, James Bond 007. I can't wait for Daniel Craig's final run later this year as James Bond. No Time to Die, so good can't wait he's iconic i thought i would never live in a world where pierce brosnan wasn't my james bond i know all the sean connery fans are screaming at me right now or maybe there might be two or three robert moore fans out there but to me it was pierce brosnan Mm -hmm. now it's daniel craig i don't know who the next bond is going to be i've wanted to be idris elba for a long time i feel like he's too old now so hot Um, though yeah yeah there's speculation uh but what there's no speculation about because he's very clear about this in a recent interview uh, Daniel Craig, the 53-year-old actor who's currently worth about $135 million, it's a cool, cool 135 mil, has said that he plans on giving away all of his money before he dies and leaving nothing to his two children. He has a 29-year-old with his, with his ex, and also he's currently married to Rachel Weisz, who's one of my favorite actresses in the world. You know her from the Mummy series with Brendan Fraser. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a, a daughter that was uh, born in 2018, so she's about three. So there's a three-year-old and a 29-year-old. Neither of them are getting a penny. Is this a kind thing to do or is this completely cruel? Um, I I just don't agree with it. I think that there's a way to do it if you want to give money away a thousand percent. But look, money makes everything easier. It just does. Yep. And even if you don't want to give all of your money to your children, then at least put in some investments. Help them make money on some of their money. I hope that he's setting them up well. I don't think that... Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with 
having an inheritance, having a trust fund set up for your children, mm-hmm. if you teach them to be good people and you teach them how to do well with money and not be a brat growing up, yep. they're going to be okay. And money really is a tool that that everybody should be able to have access yeah, to. I mean, money literally makes the world go round. And so I know we've talked about this and I have a couple of different thoughts on it, a couple of opposing thoughts, to be honest. Um, I understand what I think he's trying to do. He's trying to teach his kids to like earn their living. He's trying to teach them to be respectful of money and to appreciate it. I get that. Okay, yeah, but that's such a privileged place. Growing I, well, up okay. poor, I'm like, yeah. Sucks. So, so, so you can do that and still have money. I've told you the story before. One of my friends is very, very, very wealthy with tens of millions of dollars. And he said to me one time as we were sitting poolside in Sorrento, Italy, <laughs> in a chateau. Amen. He said to me, uh, he's like, money doesn't change people. Money puts a magnifying glass on who you already are. Yeah. So if you're a really nice person when you're dead broke, you're going to be very, very generous when you're wealthy. If you're an a-hole when you're dead broke, you're going to be an absolute jerk when you're wealthy. It just magnifies who you already are. So I can appreciate what he's trying to do. But I think, though, as somebody else who did not come from money, who came from a single-parent household whose mom worked third shift in a factory, and we stayed the night at their grandma's house two doors down every night because – that's that was our reality. I didn't know what a steak was until I was in high school. I thought a steak was a hamburger with a little bit of A1 sauce on it. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. I didn't know. I, I thought that I thought that the thigh meat on a fried chicken was breast meat because that's what my mom told me because it was a little bit cheaper. I and mean, so but but coming from no money, I, I get. But also, there's such privilege. You said the word privilege. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. People, he's coming from a very large place of privilege, whether he sees that or yes. not. Because if you really grow up poor. You know, you are not, that's not a lesson. Like I, I whatever, I'm a good person now because I grew up great, poor. Awesome. Okay, I got all these lessons. A lot of really great I also could have been yeah. really, I could have really benefited so much from having a little bit of money because I needed piano lessons. Well, it could have, I mean, so many things. One of your good friends, I'm glad you brought up this word because one of your good friends, one of your best friends in the world, Todd Hall, talks about uh, generational wealth. Mm-hmm. And that is a big conversation within the black community, especially in our country right now. Uh, there was the man who went down and bought the plantation, uh, paid cash for oh, it. Oh, it was uh, amazing. The, the news last year. And Todrick is another one of these stories. He says, listen, we're not raised uh, where we can pass things on because for a long time, black people weren't even allowed to have property. Yeah. They weren't allowed to have bank accounts. Yeah. They just weren't. And so they're so far behind in this country uh, as far as passing on any sort of property, generational wealth, any sort of income, any sort of like inheritance. Uh, and that just every single generation, it's like a snowball effect. The white people get richer and minorities struggle to start from scratch over and over and over again. So to be a white man who's earned every dollar, I'm not taking any of that away from him. And also he's a parent. He gets to make his own parenting choices. But you have $135 million and you're not going to pass on any of that. Yeah. Granted, he is going to pass on the name. And that's that's enough for some people. That's enough to get them up. Your it's not enough is, for me. I know, but I'm saying for them. I'm saying I'm saying for the, they're going to be fine regardless yeah, whether yeah, they give yeah. them a dollar or not. That's not the point. Like he sits in such a place of privilege that yeah. he doesn't even see it. He's thinking he's doing such good and yep. he's making such a large statement, but it's privilege. You can thinking. give your kids money and teach them not to be a holes. Yeah, like it's possible to do mm-hmm. that. I know a lot of really wealthy people that are really really good people. This idea, this is what keep, this is what keeps. I'm going to tell this you what keeps people poor. This is what keeps mm-hmm. people poor. They think, oh, money's going to ruin my life. I'm afraid of it. People have a fear of money if you don't how dare i yeah, if you don't be wealthy yes if you don't understand money you stay away from it 
and that manifests in so many different ways yeah, in your life. Yeah, so much lack mentality. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he's but you a- really have to be poor to know that. Yeah, <laughs> you do, right? Of, of course. And I grew up poor. Like, yeah, I understand man. I know. Like. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I think it's funny. I mean, yeah, the irony is that there's just praise coming from a place of My privilege. mom's listening. She's Weird. like, you didn't grow up poor, AJ. Stop. Like, we used to eat something called ish on a shingle. Can't say the, the SH word, but mm-hmm. ish on a shingle. And we would have that for dinner often. It was delicious. You know what it was? That little package of roast beef that you could buy for probably 50 cents back in the day, uh, some milk, some cornstarch to make gravy, and then you'd make that into like a saucy gravy and put it over top of a piece of toast. And that was our dinner oftentimes. And it was delicious, and my mom was fantastic. But for us, when we would have, I remember we'd have orange roughy like once a year. It was a white fish. It was probably tilapia, to be honest. But that was like our fancy meal once a year. And she'd make it with potatoes and peppers and onions. And to me, that was like, oh, we're fancy tonight. This is a big deal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, it's just he doesn't know the privileged position he's in. And I think I, I, that just bums me out a little bit. Yeah. His kids I, yeah. are going to be fine regardless. I don't but agree. come on, pass on some wealth. That's right. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. We're so excited that you're here. Uh, it's almost time for uh, What's Poppin'. Uh, but before I let Michaela take it away, I do want to remind you that we're we're also a podcast. Uh, so if you can't listen to us in real time, maybe your schedule's in flux, you're all over the place uh, as we adjust to this new normal uh, that we've been in for a year and a half now. Uh, don't you worry. You can listen to us uh, wherever you take your mobile device. All you have to do is head over to odyssey.com, download the Odyssey app. That is A-U-D-A-C-Y. And you can listen to the Morning Beat as a podcast. There's a lot of really great content on there. So catch up, invite a friend or family member to get to know us as well, uh, and we hope you have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, now it is time for What's Poppin'. Michaela, take it away. Okay, so this story is really interesting. We sort of hit on it a few months ago, but Ron Jeremy's back in the news because a grand jury has indicted adult film actor Ron Jeremy on more than 30 counts of sexual assault involving 21 women and girls across more than two decades. Jeremy, 68, whose legal name is Ronald Jeremy Hyatt, pleaded not guilty in Los Angeles Superior Court on Wednesday to all of the allegations, which included 12 counts of rape. The indictment, which was returned August 19th and unsealed Wednesday, covers allegations dating from 96 to 2019, with victims aged 15 to 51. The counts appear to be identical to charges filed against Jeremy last year, which he also denied in a tactical move uh, also employed in their case against Harvey Weinstein. L.A. County prosecutors used secret grand jury proceedings to get an indictment that replaces the original charges, allowing them to skip a public preliminary hearing on the evidence and proceed to trial. Uh, Defense attorney Stuart Goldfarb said in an email that Jeremy's position is the same as when the criminal complaint was filed. He is innocent of all charges. The allegations are pretty horrific, though. A 19-year-old woman during a photo shoot in 96 uh, has come forward. A uh, woman who's 26 years old claims that she was raped in a nightclub. A 17-year-old girl claims she was raped in 2008. And so if any of these allegations are true, obviously I hope he stays in prison forever. Um, And I'm just happy that we have the sources to get these stories out, to let these women feel heard and seen and it's just so gross all right coming up in our next hour our in-house doctor wants you to know there's a shortage in blood donations and that shortage could cost you or your loved ones dearly how to help we discuss coming up next 
Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Coming up in this 8 o'clock hour, we're joined by Dr. James Simmons for a two-part conversation in What the Health. Uh, we're keeping you informed, keeping you safe. Don't want to miss it. He always brings lots of uh, solid information to our conversations, uh, but also entertains us as well. Uh, we're so excited to have him here this hour. Then we're going to wrap things up in our final hour, a little Therapy Thursday for you. Uh, James Gay, our uh, marriage and family therapist, calling in. Uh, continue the conversation we had earlier this week about those uh, who may be on prep and looking for uh, unprotected sex, unprotected hookups uh, online on Grinder. to be specific, uh, referring back to our story we, we shared with you on Monday. Uh, but are condoms, are, are they no longer necessary? Uh, and if people still choose to also use condoms, are they being extra safe and cautious or uh, are they living in trauma of the past? James Gay shares his expert uh, advice with us a little bit later on. Uh, so stick around for that. But right now it is time for news on the beat. Moderna has completed its submission to the FDA for full approval of its COVID-19 vaccine for people 18 and older. Meanwhile, Pfizer has begun submitting data for full approval of a third booster dose of their vaccine. As expected, full FDA approval of the two-dose Pfizer vaccine is leading to more mandates. The Pentagon is requiring all U.S. military service members to get fully vaccinated against COVID-19 immediately. Disney World also reached a deal with two employee unions uh, to require vaccinations among applicable staff. In a worrying turn, some people have been ingesting a drug used to deworm livestock as a treatment for COVID-19. Some hospitals and poison control centers have seen an uptick in such cases as some Republican elected officials and conservative media figures irresponsibly tout the drug. Now, another new search and rescue efforts have been suspended in Tennessee following a weekend of destructive floods that claimed 20 lives. Now it's up to the National Guard and the State Transportation Department to begin massive cleanup efforts. In the West, the region around Lake Tahoe in California and Reno, Nevada is experiencing the worst air quality in the country by far as several large wildfires burn nearby. The air quality index, an indicator of how unhealthy the air is, spiked to 694 in Tahoe City on Monday. An AQI between 300 and 500 is considered a health warning of emergency conditions. As if that were not enough, more hurricane activity could happen around the Gulf of Mexico soon. The National Hurricane Center gives the Gulf area an 80% chance of a tropical system developing in the next few days. All right, Gregory Smith, a failed Mormon politician in North Ogden, Utah, has been heavily criticized for posting a message that seems to encourage violence against LGBTQ students. Smith was referring to a speech made by a church leader that called on Mormons to defend marriage against same-sex coupling. Smith, a former candidate for the North Ogden City Council, retweeted a message from Natalie Klein, a far-right anti-LGBTQ conservative state school board member. Klein posted an image of a progressive pride flag displayed during a new student orientation at Leighton High Seminary, a youth seminary under the Mormon Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The seminary's display read, if you're an LGBTQIA+, welcome to seminary. Klein posted the image and wrote, time to make some phone calls. The world is too much with us. Smith later retweeted her message and wrote, time to get our muskets. A musket is an old-fashioned firearm used between the 16th and 19th centuries. Now, Smith's tweet was quickly denounced by Equality Utah, the state's largest LGBTQ advocacy organization. Words matter, Equality Utah wrote in a statement. Last week, a newlywed lesbian couple, Crystal Michelle Turner and Kylan Carol Schultz, were brutally murdered at a campsite. Five years ago, 49 LGBTQ people were murdered at the Pulse nightclub in Florida. Around the world, transgender women are regularly targeted by brutal and horrific violence. Reckless rhetoric often precedes acts of violence. 
All right, let's get into a little weather summers here. It's queer and it's brought to you by McDonald's, a high of 115 in Cathedral City, 93 in Sacramento, 86 in Cleveland, 82 in Buffalo, 90 in Atlanta, 111 in Phoenix, 97 in Kansas City, and 90 in Houston. And if you happen to pass McDonald's today, stop by, grab a frozen Coca-Cola drink for just a dollar fifty. Sounds delicious. Now, AJ, give us a vibe of the day. May your troubles be less and your blessings be more. Yeah, I love that. All right, what I love more is Lady Gaga, and she's headed to Vegas. Lady Gaga's Jazz and Piano Las Vegas residency returns to the Park MGM this October 14th through the 31st, and Channel Q is going to send you. Just go to weirdchannelq.com for your chance to win two tickets to the show, a stay at the Park MGM Hotel, round-trip airfare uh, for two, plus 500 in spending cash. Don't miss Lady Gaga's Jazz and Piano Residency shows live in Las Vegas. Tickets do go on sale Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific at Ticketmaster.com. Just head on over to We Are Channel Q for your chance to win. Now, coming up in our next hour, our in-house doctor wants you to know there is a shortage in blood donations, and that shortage could cost you or your loved ones dearly. How to help, coming up next. You're listening to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. It's time for What the Health with Dr. James Simmons, our in-house doctor. Uh, Thank you, Dr. James, for being here. How are you? I am doing very well. How are you? And thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Also, you know, uh, one thing that uh, we've all sort of gotten used to over the last year and a half is is masks. Whether you agree with them or not, or support them or not, or believe in them or not, we've all worn them at some time or other, right? Uh, the little blue surgical masks uh, that we used to only see on doctors and nurses have become a part of our daily routine as regular people, right? Well, now a new study that was just released uh, by the University of Waterloo in Canada uh, shows that those little blue paper masks aren't as effective as maybe some of us thought prior. Now, we know that cloth masks are only about 10% effective. Uh, a lot of places don't even let you wear cloth masks anymore. I see those like those cloth gaiters. I get really mad and people wear them. There's somebody here at work that wears one, and it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of shocked me. These blue surgical masks are not as effective as we previously thought. Uh, what do we need to know? And I... Boy, this is really can be really, really confusing because sort of digging into the actual data of this, it's it's this 10 percent effectiveness, I think, depends on who you are, how you're wearing the mask. If you're COVID positive, what's your viral load? Right. So if your viral load is super mega ultra high, very little of the virus actually needs to escape the mask in order to potentially infect someone around you. Mm-hmm. If you have COVID, but your viral load is quite low, you're not really that super infectious anyway. And then the, masks add, the mask adds that great layer of protection. I think one of the other things that's important too is how is that protection in terms of protecting you from others around you, which is probably more important to a lot of us, right? And it's a little bit scary that <laughs> these blue surgical masks that I've been wearing for years mm-hmm. and that others wear don't, don't seem to work as well, at least in this study. And what, what the authors of the study really wanted to point to, um, I think, is encouraging people to take another look at N95 masks, which are the ones that are quite a bit tighter around your face. They are generally thicker. They are generally hotter, right? They're generally a little bit more uncomfortable to wear, but they provide such such a superior level of protection. 
and that that's the type of mask that we need to be wearing more consistently, particularly in communities where the spread is so much greater and there's less vaccinated people. I think it's so interesting that you said that you've been wearing the blue masks for so long, like many doctors and nurses. Do you think that moving forward, uh, healthcare workers can be provided N95 masks to ensure that they're going to stay safe as well? Yeah, it's a, it's a, a great question. We have sort of both around um, and it's a cost issue, of course, right? I'm sure all of the hospital and healthcare administrators listening right now are not going to like hearing me say this, but N95s, um, at least hospital-grade N95s that we would wear in that setting are just as more expensive. And when you are, you know, providing masks, sometimes multiple masks a day to several tens of thousands of people who might work in a hospital system, obviously that adds up. But it is important to protect people and most importantly, our patients, right, in that in that setting. So, I tend to wear an N95 sort of all day long anyway in the hospital setting. Obviously, I'm either wearing at least one N95 and a shield. I have a full on like N100 uh, approved like gas mask that I wear in COVID rooms generally um, just to keep me and the patients around me safe because I'm in and out of COVID rooms so much. I think we're going to start learning so much more about this the way that viruses interact in the environments that we're in, because we are starting to learn, not to change the conversation, but we are starting to learn so much more about how incredible the airflow in an environment and the filtration system in an environment can really, really impact whether or not people are at risk for for getting infected. So if you were in a restaurant, poorly ventilated, no windows open, no filter, uh, even if you're physically distanced in the restaurant, you're much, much higher risk of getting infected than if you are in a a room where there's maybe more people, but there's really great HEPA filtration systems. The air is recirculated every two minutes or so, and there's good airflow. Your risk of being infected is much, much lower. It's interesting you say that because I remember uh, early on, uh, months ago, there was a study that came out saying that flying was actually very, very safe because the air filtration systems on modern airplanes are so updated, the HEPA air uh, filtration systems, that the likelihood of getting uh, contracting COVID, even if somebody on your plane is is positive, if you're masked, is very, very, very low. But the tricky part, and this is why I still wear, I always wear N95 mask whenever I'm flying, because it's the airports. It's the, the congregating around people in the airport. It's the hanging out at the terminal waiting. And you gave me that advice last year. That's where you have to really be careful. Um, so it really does come down to airflow, huh? And, and, and you think that maybe we should all consider and 95 masks on a regular basis. Yes. And that moment, AJ, where everyone, it just happened to me. Of course, I had an N95 and my favorite good, like juicy mask on top on over it. But that moment where you get to the gate at the airport and the, and the flight attendants tell you not to stand, to just wait. And then everybody stands up anyway. Uh-huh. And then you are crowded in a bunch of people who are standing and some are breathing above you. Some are breathing below you. Everyone's breathing around you. The filtration system, according to my cousin, who is a pilot, is still on at that time, but it's not necessarily as effective because they have opened the cabin doors, right? And so it's a different sort of situation. So the most dangerous time probably in your entire flying experience is that moment when you get to the gate. 
So everyone listening, every, so many more people are traveling. Now, I have felt comfortable enough to travel as well. But that moment right there where you pull up to the gate on the airport and everyone does the thing that we're not supposed to do and they stand up right away and grab their bag and then we have to wait for everyone to get off the plane. That is the most dangerous time. So grab an N95. There's some super cute ones out there. There's different styles. Different styles fit different faces differently, so try them out. I got a big old round head, right, and it's, it's huge, so I have to have, like, a particular type of N95, but I promise you it's worth it, even if just you'll feel so much better and be so much protected in those scenarios. Well, we love that. Uh, Dr. James Simmons, we hope that you'll stick with us for What the Health as we discuss more around the world are getting vaccinated, but are fewer people now giving blood? We'll continue this conversation next. It's time for another round of What the Health with Dr. James Simmons. Dr. James, thanks for sticking around. Uh, you know, this COVID thing has been going on for quite a while. She hasn't left us just yet. Uh, Dr. Fau- Fauci did say earlier this week that uh, we could be back to normal by spring if people get vaccinated. People are getting vaccinated, maybe not as quickly globally as we'd like, but they are getting vaccinated. Uh, unfortunately, uh, fewer people are giving blood right now. Uh why is that? Why are people afraid, or are they concerned, or are they tired of looking out for one another? What do you think is going on? You know, I, it's a really interesting question because that seems to be the thing that we as Americans do when we rally around a a crisis, right? So uh, you know, after nine eleven, after uh, you know, really horrible um, like hurricanes and earthquakes and all these different things where we we feel sort of helpless. One of the things we at least know we can do is like give our blood into the blood system, right? Which, which is ultimately very, very good. And as someone who works in the hospital and needs that often, I thank everyone for doing that. Please keep donating. But what I think happens with donation is that it, it's sort of almost like a habit. And so people have thought, you know, okay, this month I got to go to the grocery store a couple of times, you know, pick up the dry cleaning. Duh, 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 I got to get the tires rotated, rotated on the car. Oh yeah. It's been a while. Let me go donate my blood. You'll get a little reminder from the Red Cross, all of that. Well, those reminders that are coming from the Red Cross or whoever you use to donate blood, your local hospital or healthcare system, those reminders are coming and we are all completely still out of our habit of doing things, right? Even though we feel sort of basically back to the, re- to the regular world, we just aren't doing the same things that we did in the past. And I think we're all still so was walking on eggshells, maybe the right, uh, you know, analogy or euphemism here. Like, we're like, I'm just not sure what's going to happen. So for now, I'm still just going to like keep kind of working from home. I'm more worried about my kids going to school than anything else in my life right now. Like, I got to get my body back together from COVID, right? We, we haven't fallen back into those habits of doing those things that we did. This is also why, like, donations to some charitable organizations spiked really early in COVID and then have since fallen off significantly things like that that were sort of in our periphery were part of a habit we didn't do it frequently but maybe just a few times a year we've seen drops in lots of those things um well i want to ask you when you uh i don't know if this matters and i don't know if this is a stupid question um but when you're vaccinated are you able to give blood to somebody that's not vaccinated does it work like that you can yep and we encourage people to Um, give blood regardless of whether or not you've had COVID or a vaccine, but you have to check in because there are kind of some interesting rules. So depending on which vaccine you got, there may be a wait time after you got the vaccine, depending on when you got COVID, there may be a wait time on how long it's been since you were symptomatic, whether or not you were hospitalized. 
are you actually eligible to donate, uh, you know, your, your antibodies as a part of that as well, if it's been soon enough after you've got COVID. So there's lots of different sort of rules and things that are in place now, but that should not scare you. In fact, as someone like me who can be a little bit type A and a little bit overly logical, uh, check in with your Red Cross or wherever you were donating blood before and say, hey, I want to get back to donating blood. I got my, you know, I've, my second dose of my Moderna was three months ago. When can I start donating? And they'll be like, oh, great, let's get you set up and scheduled to come in right now. And then you get back into that pattern. So don't, you don't have to know those rules. Just know that we always need blood to be donated so reach out to um you know the red cross or whoever you have used to donate blood in the past because it really 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 is important i think we're going to have some things like a pretty a much more intense flu season um that's coming up as well i also happen to work in a trauma center and now that there are so many more people driving and so many more people out and about there are so many more traumas right and one of the first things we need when you come in after a car accident if you are lucky enough to be in a place mm-hmm. where there are still hospital beds, is blood, right? So if you are listening and this is something that you have done in the past, please, please, please get back to donating blood. We need it. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're joined with uh, Dr. James Simmons now. One big story coming out of Israel is that they are easing restrictions on blood donations for gay men. Um, how will that affect us? I mean, hopefully it gets back to not having to have this silly, you know, we're still in this weird, like, are we going to keep this three month, you know, moratorium? You, you can, you can be uh, someone who is a, a man who has had sex with a man uh, even just once since 1978 and all of, all of those weird things that are still in the rules, by the way, but now it's three months instead of six months or a year. Um, if we see this demonstrated in other places, and it's working, I think it will absolutely impact us. Um, you know, sometime along the campaign trail, and please don't quote me when or where exactly how it was said, it was said but um, the Biden administration did agree to revisit that and see if this was something that they could influence. It's not necessarily like a presidential mandate that Joe Biden can just step in and say, everybody gets to donate blood as much as they want right now. Um, but if, if they're, as an administration, willing to look into it, particularly after Israel has eased their restrictions and seen how well that that could potentially go, I think it could make a big difference here, too. Well, Dr. James Simmons, we always appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us in What the Health, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Y'all have a great one. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's almost time for another round of What's Poppin', your go-to source for all things pop culture. Um, before I let Michaela take the reins, though, I do want to remind you, our show is also a podcast, and it's a really good one, too. There's so many hours of content from the last few years uh, all online. All you have to do is head over to odyssey.com. Uh, that is A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download the Odyssey app, and you can listen to The Morning Beat as a podcast at your convenience anywhere you take your mobile device. You can invite your friends and family to do the same. You can invite your enemies to do the same. We appreciate it. We love you. We appreciate the support. Uh, uh, right now, it's Michaela's time to shine. What's popping? Okay, well, RuPaul is fed up with travelers acting out on airplanes. Earlier this week, the FAA said there had been nearly 4,000 reports of unruly passengers this year, with nearly 3,000 of them related to people refusing to wear their masks. That was up from just 146 unruly passengers reports in 2019. So, uh, filling in for Jimmy Kimmel on Wednesday, the Drag Race host offered to restore order in the air with his rules for the unruly, including advice for drink limits, baggage, and the most important rule of all, take a listen. Mama Roo has some rules for the unruly. Yes. 
number one, you should never have more drinks than there are flight attendants on the plane. <laughs> Rule number two, keep your carry-on baggage in the overhead compartment and keep your emotional baggage to your damn self. <laughs> and rule number three, if you don't own the plane, you don't make the rules. That's right. So, put your mask on, watch the boss baby, and shut the f up, bitch. <laughs> Not the boss, baby. Uh, RuPaul is iconic. He's keeping people safe. He's serving new content thanks to Drag Race and obviously being hilarious on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, All right, well, coming up in our final hour, we have uh, a lot of big conversations that we have been having, but our gay men on prep who still expect their partner to wear a condom, being responsible or suffering from past sexual trauma. We're joined by our, uh, we're joined by our family therapist, James Gay, coming up next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Coming up this hour, uh, marriage and family therapist uh, James Gay joins us to have a, a candid conversation on uh, on PrEP, the use of condoms, uh, and and what's 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 the new normal, and what is okay uh, as as we all navigate this new world and make our own decisions as as adults. Uh, he's going to share uh, his psychological perspective with you in about fifteen minutes. So stick around for that. Right now, Michaela, it's time for news on the beat. All right, well, U.S. diplomats in Kabul warned American citizens early this morning to immediately leave several gates into the airport following what one U.S. official called a very specific threat stream from a branch of ISIS. The U.S. believes ISIS-K, a sworn enemy of the Taliban, wants to sow mayhem at the airport and is capable of carrying out attacks. The Taliban's new rule in Afghanistan has raised fears of a revival of al-Qaeda, ISIS, and other terrorist entities. In a February deal with the U.S., the Taliban pledged to prevent al-Qaeda and other terror groups from using Afghan soil. Though the Taliban has so far kept such terrorist entities at bay, U.S. officials worry now that the U.S. is on its way out. There is less incentive for such efforts. The dissolution of U.S. intelligence on the ground in Afghanistan makes this possibility even more grave. All right, another news, Moderna has completed its mission to the FDA for full approval of its COVID-19 vaccine for people 18 and older. Meanwhile, Pfizer and uh, Biotech have begun submitting data for full approval of a third booster dose of their vaccine. As expected, full FDA approval of the two-dose Pfizer vaccine is leading to more mandates. The Pentagon is requiring all U.S. military service members to get fully vaccinated against COVID-19 immediately. Disney World also reached a deal with two employees, unions to require vaccinations among applicable staff. In a worrying turn, some people have been ingesting a drug used to deworm livestock as a treatment for COVID-19. Some hospitals and poison control centers have seen an uptick in such cases, as some Republican elected officials and conservative media figures irresponsibly tout the drug. Now, running up news this morning, Gregory Smith, a failed Mormon politician in North Ogden, Utah, has been heavily criticized for posting a message that seemed to encourage violence against LGBTQ students. Smith was referring to a speech made by a church leader that called on Mormons to defend marriage against same-sex couples. Smith, a former candidate for the North Ogden City Council, retweeted a message from Natalie Klein, a far-right anti-LGBTQ conservative state school board member. Klein posted an image of a progressive pride flag displayed during a new student orientation at Leighton High Seminary, a youth seminary under the Mormon Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The seminary's display read, if you are LGBTQ plus IA, 
Uh, Welcome to seminary. Time to make some phone calls. The world is too much with this. Time to get our muskets. Now, Smith's tweet was quickly denounced by Equality Utah, the state's largest LGBTQ advocacy organization. Words matter, Equality Utah wrote in a statement. Last week, a newlywed lesbian couple, Crystal Michelle Turner and Kylan Carol Schultz, were brutally murdered at a campsite. Five years ago, 49 LGBTQ people were murdered at the Pulse nightclub in Florida. Around the world, transgender women are regularly targeted by brutal and horrific violence. Reckless rhetoric often precedes acts of violence. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. Summer's here, and it's queer, and it's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 91 in Houston, 113 in Palm Springs, 90 in LA, 91 in New York, a high of 97 in Kansas City. It's going to be a high of 88 in Miami, 72 in San Francisco, 90 in Atlanta, and 93 in St. Louis. Now, let me remind you, as we're nearing the end of summer, Go to McDonald's to get a frozen Coca-Cola drink, only $1.50. It'll quench your thirst. I literally had one the other day with a Happy Meal, and I felt so happy. It was so delicious. Now give us a vibe of the day. May your troubles be less and your blessings be more. I love that. Well, let's talk about blessings. Lady Gaga is a major blessing, and Lady Gaga's Jazz and Piano Las Vegas residency returns to the Park MGM this October 14th through the 31st and Channel Q is going to send you just go to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win two tickets to the show a stay at the Park MGM Hotel round trip airfare for two plus 500 in spending cash don't miss Lady Gaga's Jazz and Piano Residency shows live in Las Vegas tickets go on sale Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific at Ticketmaster.com just head on over to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win now in our final hour Uh, We're talking, are gay men on PrEP who still expect their partner to wear a condom being responsible or suffering from past sexual trauma? We discuss with our marriage and family therapist, James Gay, coming up. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for some therapy with our in-house therapist, uh, James Gay, marriage and family therapist. How you doing, James? Doing well this morning. How are you too? Good, We're doing good, good, honey. You know we adore you. We're glad you're here. Uh, we did have a conversation Beautiful. earlier this week uh, about a guy shared a story online in this article on Slate uh, saying that guys on Grinder uh, kept ghosting him for wanting to have, in his mind, responsible sex. So this man says, listen, there's a lot of people on PrEP now who are on these uh, you know, dating apps and they think because they're on PrEP, they can have unprotected sex. He says, that's fine for you, but I also still want to use protection as far like a condom in addition to PrEP. And he is feeling really frustrated uh, because he's getting ghosted by these guys who do not want to wear condoms anymore because they're on PrEP. And this is a conversation that we've heard come up with within our friend circles many, many times. Uh, and Sometimes there's shame attached one way or the other. Uh, we've talked about this from like a medical perspective. You know, we know the numbers on PrEP and that protects you over 99% from HIV, but but not from STDs and STIs like chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, and others, right? Um, but psychologically, uh, is there something else at play here? Um, and I, I just want to get your take on this because it's an interesting conversation to me. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to acknowledge that there can be such a diverse array of reasons of why people are choosing not to wear condoms, right? It can be a conscious decision where they've done a risk evaluation and they're prioritizing their pleasure over health and safety of STIs. You know, it can be, you know, I also want to acknowledge that most straight people have condomless sex. So this isn't anything new in terms of people wanting to, you know, for many feel greater physical, sexual sensations and emotional connection. Um, it obviously comes with a different set of circumstances when it comes to gay, bi, pan men, having sex with men and other kinds of STIs and things that are associated with that kind of sex. But, you know, it's sometimes for many people sort of a, a momentary denial uh, where they suspend ideas of danger, you know, of the dangers of sex to be able to enjoy it. For others, it's rebelling against past oppression that, you know, wants to limit our sexuality as gay, bi, pan men. You know, for others, it's, you know, even more sort of less conscious, sort of operating at the mercy of their unconscious, where they're doing to themselves or others what's been done to them in ways that aren't valuing their health and well-being. So there's just a huge variety of possibilities here. Yeah. Do you think psychologically speaking that mm -hmm. especially maybe for those maybe my age, your age and older, you know, who who remember what the HIV AIDS crisis was like in the early days and how scary that was. And I was very young, of course. Um, but do you think that because it's been hammered into us for decades now, wear a condom, yeah. wear a condom, wear a condom. Oh, do you think there's some residual sort of like fear or insecurity, uh, even though we hear that PrEP is safe? For, to protect against HIV, uh, and that was the big one, right? That was the one that scared us all the most. We were willing to take chances on some other things, but HIV was a death sentence for so long. Um, yeah. It's not anymore. Do you think there's some residual sort of like inner turmoil going on when it comes to like this condom conversation? Oh, absolutely. And tons of judgments being thrown each and every way, right? Which is really not helpful for us and being able to have, you know, really compassionate, kind, understanding, empathic conversations as it relates to this. You can want what you want and recognize that not everybody's going to agree with you or have the same comfort level, right? And so, yeah, it's, you know, when, when there has been so much historical um, trauma, even if you didn't live through it, if since there's been so much stigma, even if it, you just read about it in history books, <laughs> it, it does have a psychological impact on us, on so many of us, right? And certainly those of us who lived through it as well, um, that it's, it, you know, for so, for so much time, for so many people, it was sex equaled risking my death and well-being. And that's hard to decouple. And mm. You know, so again, it's it's um, it's an ongoing struggle for so many people. I think for others that live through it and and preps available, they're like, "Yay, celebrate! We, we're finally free of that stigma and that fear of dying from this particular thing." So true. It doesn't mean 
that we don't suffer from other kinds of SDIs that could have life-altering or health-altering implications, not just the ones that you take a pill and it goes away. Well, Michaela, as the only person in this conversation who has dated straight men, well, I've dated maybe a couple, uh, but you did date straight men for a while. <laughs> yeah. The condom conversation, what was that always like for men? Were they were they cool with it? Was it something that you, was it a conversation you had? Because the, there's different risk factors. I think oftentimes women are thinking of, I don't want to get pregnant. Whereas gay men are thinking, I don't want to get HIV and die. Right. Was it a conversation you were having in relationships back in the day? You know, it's interesting because I really let you lead this conversation uh, because I really haven't had sex with that many men. I didn't mm. really have one night stands. So the relationships that I was in, uh, we were in a relationship. I had one long-term relationship with the man and we didn't use a condom. And we, there was trust. Yeah, there was sure. trust. And, uh, and you know, we had taken the necessary things to not get pregnant. Sure. Um, and, uh, and there was just, there was a lot of trust there so i think that um you know for a lot of straight women i feel that they get a lot of uh, they feel a lot of pressure with men not wanting to wear a condom and um and it's a conversation that they've had to have my my own girlfriends have had to have uh but i think that if you're in a relationship that's a decision that you make but if it's a one night stand I, i think it's really important to be able to say like hey like wrap it up yeah. And listen, James, I would like just just psychologically speaking from for anybody who's listening right now who might be in a phase or a stage where they're not really sure. Um, and, but they're adults and they want to go enjoy themselves sexually. Uh, sure. what, what sort of advice do you give somebody who's saying, you know, bringing to you these sort of conflicting emotions about their sex life? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a tricky thing, right? I mean, in general, I think it's perfectly legit and fine to like err on the side of caution if you're not quite yet ready, just so that you don't in the future look back and regret it, you know, and that you give yourself enough time to sort of pace yourself into whatever decision you end up making, um, that you're not feeling pressured into it or feeling like you have to continue doing what you've been doing. You know, sexuality evolves and changes in certain ways over time in terms of our comfort level and what we um, understand we like about, you know, having sex and the ways of protecting ourselves in the process. And so the more that we can be compassionate and curious and honest with ourselves and, and not shame anyone else for their decisions, but certainly not do that for ourselves, to be kind and generous and compassionate with ourselves as we proceed forward, it's just going to feel sexier, hotter, and 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 it'd be with less regret ultimately yeah oh compassion i love you how often you use that word i know i love that uh all the time <laughs> mar- marriage and family therapist uh james gay thank you so much for joining us as always we'll talk to you soon great tell me something good i'm going to tell our listeners something good michaela and i know you're going to as well but first you're going to tell them something great it involves our queen Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Lady Gaga. That's the only way I want to say it from now on. With you like that. One, two, three. Gaga. Oh, wow. One, okay. two, three. Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga's Jazz and Piano Las Vegas Residency returns to the Park MGM this October 14th through the 31st. And Channel Q is going to send you. Just go to wearechannelq.com for your chance to win two tickets to the show. A stay at the Park MGM Hotel round trip airfare for two plus $500 in spending cash. Don't miss Lady Gaga's, or should I say Lady Gaga. Gaga Jazz and Piano Residency Show live in Las Vegas. Tickets go on sale Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific at Ticketmaster.com. Head on over to WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to win. I had a chance to go see her a couple of years ago uh, with Tony Bennett uh, doing her residency. Which yeah. Was, I didn't go. 
Well, you can go again, honey, because Brian Newman, who plays horns for her, is who I sing with. So I can go? Yep. We're going. October. Done. Get us some tickets. Well. All right. So this is really cool. A partnership between between Nintendo of America. You know, Nintendo, we all grew up with the Super Mario Brothers. It's iconic. Uh, And Starlight Children's Foundation will be rolling out gaming stations to hospitals and healthcare systems across the country. Um, This is all for the children who are going through, you know, long-term crisis. Maybe they're suffering from leukemia or whatever sort of treatment they're getting uh, to help them get their minds off of of, of what they're going through, right? Uh, Julie Herzog, she's a child life supervisor at Mary Bridge uh, Children's Hospital in Tacoma, Washington, told CNN recently, uh, the gaming stations are important distraction tools that normalize the healthcare environment and help kids through difficult experiences. They provide choices for kids, motivate them, and give them the opportunity to have fun when they need it the most. I'm going to tell you, I played so much Nintendo when I was a kid, then I kind of grew out of it. My little brothers never did. They very much still play. Mm. They have babies now, so maybe they're a little busier. Yeah, that's okay. But also, cool stuff. Cool way to stuff. Go, way to go, Nintendo. Way to be a cool guy. Okay, well, you know, we love dogs so much. And a, a trio of dog lifeguards helped save 14 struggling swimmers that were about 330 feet offshore, just battling strong wind and high waves. And their Labradors... And they were helping these Italian swimmers. And honestly, they're icons. And if you could see their photo right now, they look like Dog Watch. Like, look at this photo right now. Dog Watch. Dog Watch. <laughs> they're hot. Because they have their little red. Their One little... of them looks like Pamela Anderson. Is that David Hasselhoff? Yeah. Right? The bleach blonde hair. Uh. So it's so cute. Listen, there's nothing that pets can't do. And I just, I'm specifically obsessed with dogs. So sweet. Uh, this Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by McDonald's. Make sure you head on over to McDonald's to get a frozen Coca-Cola for just $1.50. As always, thank you so much for listening to our show. Thank you to all of our guests. We have a great show for you tomorrow. <laughs> That's there a good it is. way to Baywatch. end that. Was a good one. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.